Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. At Firefly Willows, L-I-V-E. We're working hard to be your trusted source for fun, enlightening, and heart-centered information and community. And we're passionate about the art of transformative media, the new leading edge of communication in our highly connected, media-rich world. If you're passionate about facilitating change and you have gifts or ideas you'd like to share, come join us, host a show, or be a guest, or connect us to an amazing speaker or teacher whose message is too good to miss. There's always room for courageous, knowledgeable changemakers, inspired artists, and new ideas. Let us know you're interested. Send an email to info at fireflywillows.com. We're Firefly Willows, L-I-V-E, helping you find and shine your inner light. Firefly Willows, L-I-V-E presents Healing Conversations, featuring your host, Mildred Lynn McDonald. Good morning, everybody. This is Mildred Lynn McDonald, and I am your host for Healing Conversations, and I'll be the moderator for our roundtable today. The roundtable topic is Become Strong and Use Your Voice. To join me in our conversation is Deb Caracella. Good morning. John Caracella. Good morning. And from Menlo Park, hi, C. Lettimers. Hello. Yay, I see you there. So become strong and use your voice. Where did I ever come up with that? Well, as it happens, I'm in the process of listening to a series of audio recordings from the 13 Indigenous grandmothers. After listening to one or two audios, the bottom line that kept coming up to me, and now other people might have had a different conclusion, is the best way that we can help heal the earth at this time is to become strong within ourselves and from that place of strength to use our voice to share our message of healing. I was quite intrigued with that and wanted to offer Deb and John and Hi C four questions. The first question is, what is your personal connection between strength and using your voice? The second one is, how do you use your voice today? The third question, how would you like to use your voice tomorrow? And the fourth is, what fills the space in between? What's in between today's voice and tomorrow's voice? So I'll go back to the first question. What is your personal connection between strength and using your voice? And throw it out there. Who would like to grab that one? When I read your topic and is getting prepared to do the roundtable this morning, This question kind of brought something up for me, kind of tickled a memory. When I was a little girl, Bewitched was on television, and I was totally enthralled with the idea of having powers and being able to twitch your nose and have something magical occur or just be able to change your environment through your own will, as it was. And for me, twitching my nose was a cool idea, but... 
I have always had, from the time that I was a little girl, I have always had this idea or this impulse that it would be absolutely phenomenal if I had power, if I had ability in my voice. My will could be presented or brought to bear on the world around me simply by stating a command or yelling a direction or or something to that effect. So I don't know if this is exactly what you were thinking about with the question, what is my personal connection between strength and using your voice, but that's what immediately was brought back to my mind was, you know, I always wanted to have the ability to, in a situation, if there was something going on, to be able to just create instant peace or subdue panic by simply saying something out loud. The voice of command. Yes. So that's my little fantasies about strength and voice. How about you, John? Well, so my personal connection between strength and voice is... It had been there for a long time. The time I was a little kid, I would sing along with the classical opera records that my parents and my oldest sister would play. In this really high soprano voice, I'd be, you know, just bellowing, belting out these arias. And oddly enough, when I was a little kid, my favorite superhero was Mighty Mouse. And it's only recently that I realized why Mighty Mouse might have been my favorite superhero. And it's because he's the only superhero that sings when he goes into battle. Here I come to save the day. <laughs> so I mean, I think it's very deep for me. When I was in high school, or middle school and high school, I took every opportunity I could to participate in the choral groups and musicals and drama and so on. So, so there's a lot for me that's tied up in, in using my voice, oh. and always has been. So you're going to be leading Kumbaya at the end, right? <laughs> uh, might not be Kumbaya, exactly. Okay. <laughs> How about you, C? What's your personal connection between strength and using your voice? Well, one thing, it's probably somewhat similar to what Deb was talking about, is I tend to think of the voice as the primary instrument of magic because there's a sense of if you if you give something voice if you speak it then it becomes real so the strength there is we have to be really careful a lot of times about what we say because that ends up creating a reality or manifesting something and whether that means you want something from someone like say you want a promotion at work or something like that then what do we tell people? Then speak up, say that, ask for that, because using the voice gives strength to the ability for that to become real. You can't expect somebody to be a mind reader and then get disappointed that you don't get something. So that's, to me, the strength of the voice. It's the power of being able to make something become manifest and become real. I also think of strength in the sense of speaking up for injustice or speaking up for somebody or something that is in need of help or assistance because sometimes we have to be the voice for the voiceless 
if they don't have the ability to be heard in some way. And so that also to me is the strength of the voice. When we use the voice to speak up, then we call attention to something. We make sure that something or someone is not suffering or is not happening in silence, but is being given witness or is being made known because the voice is actually, again, creating that reality, making it real and manifest by speaking it. So, Heisey, how do you use your voice today? Judiciously. It's learning how and when to use the voice rather than feeling like everything that goes through my mind has to be said. It's also knowing when to speak up and when not to because, to me, part of the voice is also the listening because it's understanding how to know when to use the voice to be heard but also how to use the voice to stay quiet so that you can actually listen to what's being said or what's going on or to not use the voice to contribute to something that might not be very productive. Engaging in an argument sometimes is not productive, so using the voice there isn't necessarily the most judicious way of using the voice. So knowing when and where and how to use the voice, as well as always keeping in mind that if you say something, it becomes real, which can go to things like saying something in an argument you didn't really mean, but now... The reality is you've hurt some of these feelings that could have been avoided if you hadn't said something and waited until you were in a calmer state of mind. So that to me is how I use my voice, I guess, today is is I try to use it judiciously rather than always thinking I have to constantly be saying something or just speaking noise rather than only using it when I actually have something that's worthy of being said. Judiciously. Now, John and Deb, what about you guys? How do you use your voice? Anything coming up? Well, for me, I think I use my voice today in the capacity that we're using it right now. It's about sharing my perspectives and experiences and engaging with others and helping them share their perspectives and experiences through the radio, through the transformational media work that we do. And I think... You know, there's a lot more to this than just having a radio show. And I think as Deb and Heisey have pointed out, there's power in the voice. There's power in what we do. And so it really is incumbent upon us to be judicious and responsible with how we bring our voices out. And so I think that's part of what I'm learning, too, is what is the nature of this medium and this instrument that I'm harnessing even as I am doing it, I am learning about what it means to use it. So like I see, John, I see's word is judicious. What word would you use? Any vibration coming in? Well, it's interesting because on the one hand, the word is responsibly. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, the word is enchantingly or engagingly. Okay. You know, I'm trying to cultivate a capacity to engage. What about you, Deb? Does the word come up for you in terms of how you use your voice today? Probably proactively. I have recently become much more proactively engaged in using my voice by signing my name, by including my comment or my vote, my count to a petition about something. 
So much like High C mentioned where it takes multitudes to bring something to light, to show the injustice of something or to just allow the greater community to become aware of something that is happening, something that needs to be brought to the attention of many. And the more numbers that are involved in that, the more individuals giving voice to that makes it all the more possible. And so I have started to become active in putting my voice, my name, into the ring on particular topics. I personally don't believe that fracking should be allowed anywhere in this country, let alone anywhere in the world. I think it's extremely dangerous. I think it's short-sighted. I think it's a huge detriment to the environment and to the people and the animals and the everything that's living. And so when I have an opportunity to speak out and make my choice or my feelings about allowing fracking known, that's what I do. So your word would be actively. Use your voice actively. Yes. Yeah. Now, if you looked at how you use your voice today and how you would like to use your voice tomorrow, and I understand that you might be a completely different person tomorrow. All of us mm-hmm. might be a completely different person. Is there an area that we'd like to use our voice or our voices that we're working toward or, or we see a space or an opportunity opening up? Does anybody feel that vibration? I believe and would like to hope that, and this might not make a whole lot of sense, but it's a feeling. So I want to move into lightness and joy. Mm-hmm. And I would hope that tomorrow my voice will reflect much more lightness and joy. Anybody else? I think for me, I want to use my voice for for awakening. Okay. But I also want to use my voice in song. I just want want to sing more. I want to create more music. And hi, see, I know you want to use your voice to give Mildred Lynn more compliments. You already told me that. I'm still crafting that. <laughs> still have to warm the voice up. <laughs> what about you, Mildred Lynn? What's your personal connection between strength and using your voice? I find that when my core is feeling strong and centered, then my voice feels strong and centered. If my core is off-kilter, left to center, then I feel that I have difficulty articulating my message or using my voice. That's my connection. So my goal is to continue to nourish a strength in my core so I can communicate what I need to communicate. And how I use my voice today, like all of us, we're using our voice through internet radio to provide a platform for other people to get their messages out there. I use my voice, hopefully, through laughter and joy. And tomorrow, in terms of using my voice, I'd like to be even more centered and clear so that my message would be more articulate. And I really liked what everybody was saying earlier about how important it is 
to respect and honor your voice and understand that it's energy going out there and the relationship between manifesting and being sensitive to people's feelings and being able to share your voice with the world in a good way and in a commanding way. So that's where I see myself going with that. Stentorian. Mildred Lynn the Stentor. There's a Greek character, Stentor, who had the voice of a hundred men. Well, there you go. Or something, something like that. <laughs> there you go, John. Maybe it was ten men, but anyway, it was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Mildred Stentor Lynn McDonald. I like it. <laughs> Any other thoughts on using your voice or strength, anything coming up? I would like to just say that what Debbie talked about is using her voice to be to be active. Mm-hmm. There's, all, there's another flavor of that, and that is using your voice to be accountable, right? To step up and speak up and be counted, mm-hmm. right? And and I think that's in the environment that is emerging, the new reality that is emerging, that is fed by social networking technology, but really is the emergence of direct participatory democracy. We all have to get used to and practice the art of speaking up and being accountable. I think it's good for everyone. I see, or or Deb, any final thoughts? I just found this a really fun (laughs) roundtable. Good. There you go. (laughs) And hi, C in Menlo Park. I think it's just important for people to remember that their voice is just as important and is just as worthy of being heard as anyone else's. So people should not be so afraid of using their voice, nor feel that they have to keep themselves silenced or be silenced when they feel they have something that is their truth and that is worthy of being said that can contribute or be productive. And to recap for our listeners, the roundtable today was Become Strong and Use Your Voice. And I'd like to invite everybody to play with the questions. And I'll just say the questions once more. Number one, what is your personal connection between strength and using your voice? Number two, how do you use your voice today? Number three, how would you like to use your voice tomorrow? And number four, What fills the space in between? And we really didn't go into that area directly. If you'd like to answer that question, you might just play with that a little bit. So I'd like to thank John and Hi-C and Deb for a fabulous roundtable. I feel like we had fun playing together this morning. I invite our listeners to listen to the rest of the show. And this is Mildred Lynn McDonald, your host for Healing Conversations from Sebastopol, California. Thanks, Mildred Lynn. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Mildred. Well, that's our roundtable for this week. Many thanks to Mildred Lynn McDonald and participants Deb and John Carousella and Heisey Lutmers. We hope you found this roundtable discussion engaging and thought-provoking. If you would like to join the conversation, visit facebook.com slash fireflywillows and add your comment under this week's roundtable post. Stay tuned.
We hope you're enjoying this broadcast of Firefly Willows L-I-V-E on Blog Talk Radio. For information on Firefly Willows, please explore our website, fireflywillows.com, or like us on Facebook. Welcome back. This is Nuldrit Lynn McDonald, and I'm your host for Healing Conversations, live from Sebastopol, California. We hope that you're enjoying the show. Just before we move on to our next segment, I'd like to thank listener Margie Carver of Ontario, Canada, for suggesting that I let people know that you can always re-listen to today's show and share it with others by using the same blog talk radio link as the live show. Plus, you can always download the show on iTunes. Accolades as always to Robert Cotter of Newfoundland for creating our show's theme music, Hope All River Falls. And to voice artist Deb Carousella for crafting our wonderful Firefly Willows Live audio spots. Last but not least, many thanks to High C. Ludemers for the great work he does each week whipping up show announcements. And now, let's move on to our next segment. Grief and loss. We all experience these deep emotions somewhere on life's path. Join us today for a conversation about the grieving process as seen through the eyes of psychic medium Caressa de Rosa and haiku and tanka poet Christine Villa. Caressa and Christine will engage you as they share their observations about experiencing the loss of a loved one. Then they will talk about their perspective on the inner workings of grief, guilt, hope, comfort, strength, even the healing power of animals. Using her psychic gifts, Caressa de Rosa speaks directly to spirit guides, angels, relatives, and friends who have passed through the veil to the other side. Clients of Caressa often express that a weight has been lifted off my heart as they tune into a deeper sense of calm after receiving messages from their loved ones. As well as being a poet, Christine Villa is a photographer, jewelry maker, and children's writer. Currently, she's creating a self-help poetry book called Catching the Light. Through her book, she desires to share her experience about losing a loved one and hopefully give comfort to others. Her words will touch your heart. If you'd like a live reading with Caressa DeRosa during the show, please call 646-716-5510. That's 646-716-5510. And we'll do our best to take your call during the show. And now, 
Let's welcome psychic medium Caressa DeRosa and haiku and tanka poet Christina Villa to the show. being here today and I'm really compelled to listen to what you both have to say about the topic of loss and grieving because as I shared in the introduction if someone's not going through that now in some form they will be at some point in their life and I found through talking with Caressa and also with Chrissy that the insights and the wisdom that you have to offer is so important and it will help so many people. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. You're so welcome. I'm just so excited about this program today, Mildred, and I thank you as well for hosting this. And I'm, of course, going to be sharing my gift as a seer and a medium with the ability to see, hear, and feel and communicate to those who have passed in hopes to help others. And we'll even have some time for call-in readings, as you were saying. And I'm also so delighted to be introducing my friend, Christine Villa. She's a very talented haiku and tanka poet. And she and I first met, and I was so touched by her ability to communicate her process and journey of losing her husband. And out of that process, she developed this book, Catch the Light, and when I heard the poetry, I was spellbound, and I wondered how I might best support her in getting her poignant message out into the world. So here we are today. I needed to get the two of you together and thought, let's do a program on grief and loss to help others on their path of healing. So to open it up, I wanted to talk to Caressa about intuitive impressions and psychic ability in regard to when people pass over. So, Caressa, I understand that some of your clients come to you, they have a feeling that either their loved one is trying to communicate with them or they would like to communicate with their loved one. Can you share a little bit of information about how that works for you and what you've experienced? Absolutely. There's messages from the loved ones and they often come into readings. I'll be doing a reading, and it might be it's a completely different topic, and I'll feel a presence and hear a message that, oh, you're someone you've loved has passed. It could be recent or it could be a long time ago. And sometimes they come in as spirit guides. The main messages they have for us not to have any regrets and to be happy and to relax and enjoy our lives to be more appreciative of the small and the big things, and to be able to embrace our lives fully and not to worry so much. And a big one is to let go of our guilt and be able to move forward with our lives. And often they're also sharing how they're so proud of us and how much they appreciated us and the support and love that we gave them when they were alive as well, how they're still there for us, as I said, as spirit guides and guardian angels protecting, loving, and helping us on our life journey. And I actually wanted to share a story about a recent reading I did with a woman who had lost her father and a while back, and the message he had was very cute. He wanted to make sure that she knew he had something to do with her getting together with her soulmate. And Without knowing very much about the reedy, I was able to give her comfort 
and show her how her dad was right there as a spirit guide helping her to get together with her soulmate in that he was telling me everyone needs to eat. So let's have her soulmate go into the restaurant. That's what I heard. And then she worked at a deli. (laughs) And so he would come in and get a lot of sandwiches. (laughs) And that's how they met. So that information became very real for her that, yes, it was him that helped because I didn't know that she worked at a deli. That's just a fun story. So those are the kinds of images that I get with those that have deceased is they'll show up in an activity often. Say hole in one, meaning life is great, it's perfect, and they were an avid golfer. So it becomes a very real communication to those that I'm speaking to. Now, Carissa, I know that some of our listeners may find that receiving intuitive impressions from people, loved ones who have crossed over, might be a bit of a stretch based on their personal belief system. And there could be listeners out there who've had someone very close to them pass away and they're getting feelings or knowings and they're wondering if they're going crazy. So I'd like to throw the ball over to Chrissy because you have experienced a deep personal loss. Was that something Uh that you experienced? Oh, yeah. Actually, let me start first how I met Caressa because this is very significant. I met her at an alternative healing festival and I was walking around, and there were so many psychics, and I couldn't find a connection. I felt like I didn't trust any of them. But when I saw Caressa's face, and I instantly felt that connection, and I heard her talking to somebody. She wasn't talking to me, but I felt like she was the right person to approach. So when I had the chance, I talked to her, and I felt good, and I thought that, well, maybe I can use her one day, because my husband just passed away. And so when I was writing one of my prose or one of my poetry for the book that I was working on, can I share it first so that I can tell you what the relation of the message and what I was going through? Definitely. Can I write what I, okay, I can read, I mean, okay. Some people tell me it's time to move on. How do I move on when I'm paralyzed with guilt? When somebody or something starts to make me smile, I ask myself, if it's too soon to be happy. I'm supposed to love him forever. I promised him that. I know he gave me his blessings, that I can meet new friends, explore new things, be with someone special, or even get married one day. But we never talked about how long is the waiting period. There are things we forgot to say or never dared to talk about. My Tonka poem that goes with it, his drinking glass broken into pieces, I remind myself, never to stop missing him. So you can tell what what I wrote. I was burdened with guilt. Whenever I feel I'm happy, I feel, do I deserve to be happy now? And when I'm breaking things, because it wasn't the first time that I broke things, you see, trying to give me a message. So Mm -hmm. I suddenly remembered Caressa, and I felt that connection. I said, why don't I call her? Because maybe she can help me and give me some comfort. So that's when... That's when I had to hear from somebody who I know who can help me. So I called her, and this is the message that she gave me that gave me a lot of comfort. So this is it, what she said. Your husband is in a good place. His eyes are actually welling up with tears. 
he couldn't have asked for a better wife. And right now, he's giving you a bouquet of flowers, something that he never did because he wasn't that kind of romantic guy. And you know, when I heard that, I was in tears. I was so touched because it was true. He never gave me flowers because he wasn't that kind of romantic guy. He's so loving and caring, but that's not his way of showing me his love. So I knew right there that she was the right one and she was telling me the right thing. And the message I got from that was that it was okay, that he wants me to be happy. And right now is the time to be happy. Building on Christina's story, what do people ask you when they come to see you? Like, what are they looking for? Do they have a pull in their heart, a pull in their spirit, a pull in their emotions? And what can they expect? Because I know some listeners out there are saying, hmm, this sounds really interesting. The first and foremost question usually is, are they okay? Just the um, wanting to know if they've transitioned well and... I often see joyful pictures with lots of light coming through and they're transitioning and doing things that maybe they had dreams of doing, their bucket list that they didn't complete. So maybe they're on a cruise ship and they're saying, and isn't it great because I actually didn't have to buy a ticket. <laughs> so it's the portraits that I see of the loved ones that pass are very validating because they really relate to the actual person who has passed. So the soul, in my belief system, reincarnates and there's core lessons to learn. And as we move on, we're in a place of peace and calm. And so I'm able to hopefully share that peace and calm with the survivors. So Mm -hmm. So are they okay? And do they have messages? And as I said, I believe in reincarnation. So I'll give an example of a reading I did in which a man at a young age had lost, saw two crosses. I look at symbols. So I saw two crosses. They're similar to going down the highway and you see the little crosses on the side of the road with the flowers and the blessings of people that have passed. That's the roadmap within his soul was I saw two crosses on the heart chakra. And I thought, you've lost two people recently that are really meaningful to you and you're in grief. And he said, yes. I didn't know him at all. I I was just trying to help him. And he said that, you know, one was his mother and I saw a past life. There was much more to the reading, but I wanted to get to this nugget of the past life in which it helped him see how his guilt was attached to the relationship they'd had in a past life. The guilt was coming from in a past life where he had cared for her as a surgeon, and unfortunately she didn't make it through the surgery. He was an excellent surgeon in his past life. And he came back to help and and love her and take care of her because he had a very close relationship with her in that lifetime in the past. And so what I saw as a son, he was the best son, always just stellar, and helped his mom through so, so many of her twists and turns in her life. And when she died of cancer, he was tormented inside with that same pain that was layered from not just this lifetime but the other of not being able to save her. And he said he felt so relieved and lighter 
from that communication. I feel so blessed every day going, oh, my goodness, those experiences and those moments in which someone is actually able to become more in present time and in a place of forgiveness with themselves. Carissa, I think right now we do have a lady on the line, and her name is Loretta. I'd like to bring Loretta on, and perhaps you can share some of your gifts with her in the context of grief and loss. How does that sound? Thank you, Mildred. Hello, Loretta. Good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yeah, good. I wanted to make a connection with my brother or brothers who have died. Mm, I'm sorry. My brother died when I was 16 in my arms. And I think I carry a lot of guilt or or sadness or or hope that it's okay. And I know that he tries to talk to me because other human beings in my life have told me so and have asked why I don't listen. <laughs> oh, that's interesting, yeah. What is his name, please? My older brother's name is Jimmy. And that's the one that died in your arms when you were 16? Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm just so sorry for your loss, and that wound is painful, of course, in your heart. You were so young, and to be able to give him that comfort of you being right there with him. How I see this in relationship in the psychic realm is that the two of you are twin souls. Sometimes they talk about that in relationships of lovers. It can happen in other relationships as well. You both had an agreement to really help each other, hold each other's hands and give support to each other with the image of a lot of, I want to say, discord around you so the two of you could find the eye of storm together. And you did that beautifully. He's saying you did that beautifully. You were sharing his love with you right now. That's what I'm experiencing and sharing with you. And right now, he's a teacher to you. So the image that he's coming forward is he's laughing and going, the computer's not that hard. <laughs> um, it's, it's <laughs> so he's, now that's funny. <laughs> yes, he's saying he can help you. Uh, he's still here as a teacher, and he's smiling. That's part of his nature. He's a way shower and a light bringer, and right now he's choosing to do this as spirit. I can easily see in the next lifetime he would come in to be a professor or something. But right now he's doing it and having a lot of fun. You have an experience of his presence. He comes Um, and goes. mm -hmm. And I've had friends who have passed over visit me, and I welcome that. Um, There's something about, about Jimmy and maybe even about my other brother, Marcus, who died when I was 35, that I just, I block. It's so, you know, the family dynamic is painful. So mm-hmm. I uh, I block their visitation rights. Mm-hmm. You know, no. Or block my right to enjoy what they have to offer me. Well, obviously this is a deeper 
issue than we can cover on the phone. And so I welcome you to get in touch with me so we can really get the full picture and how this is for you in relationship to how you're growing and evolving as a, as a spirit and coming to terms with your self and forgiving yourself is the message. And they're right yeah. there. They're wanting you to – they're both older than you. No, so one is uh, two years one older, was, one is two years younger. Mm, you're right in the middle. So they're sandwiching you. <laughs> <laughs> they're, pil- they're pillars on both sides saying, okay, we're at you going, I see you going down the spiritual path, your life journey, and they are both, they're flanking you saying, we're going to get you through this passage to a place of yeah. deep forgiveness where your channels are open and your filters are open and past any family wounds. Yeah. Well, thank you, Clarissa. So welcome. Loretta, thank, thank you for Mildred calling too. in. Just beautiful. Enjoy the rest of the show. And I have to say, I always admire so much people who use their voice, as we were talking in the earlier part of the show, to step up to the plate and ask for what they need. So rest assured that your question will appeal to and help many other people listening out there. So thank you very, very much. Yes. All right. Now what I'd love to do is to ask, Christine, if she would share another one of her beautiful poems with us in her narrative. Okay. Since we were talking about feeling our loved one's presence and regrets, I don't have really big regrets, but uh, this is something that I want to share to the listeners. Okay, here goes. When our loved ones have passed away, we have moments of regrets. We ask ourselves, why didn't we say, I love you more often? Why didn't we hug them as much as we could? One rainy day, I was sipping tea while watching a string of raindrops hang from an awning. It looked beautiful, but I felt a big hole inside of me that felt so empty. Will the hole keep on growing? Will it ever close up? Suddenly, I remember taking out his blue sweatshirt from his closet, one of the many clothes he always offered me to wear, but I was too stubborn to try to just please him. As expected, it looked ridiculous dropping down almost up to my knees, but I felt warmer inside and out. I wish I could have done that before. I wish he were there to see me dancing around the living room. And the tanka poem that goes with it, sunlight breaking through the kitchen window, I feel his arms around me as I wash the dishes. Oh, my heavens, that's beautiful. Could you read that one more time? Which one, the poem? The poem, please. The poem, okay, the poem, okay. Sunlight breaking through the kitchen window, I feel his arms around me as I wash the dishes. I hate washing the dishes, and he usually usually did it for me. So at that moment, kept on looking behind me, because I felt like he was there telling me, something like telling me, I'm sorry, baby, I'm not there to help you wash the dishes. That's how I felt at that moment. Chris, I I want to ask you this question. When you're talking, what I've noticed is that the messages are always very positive and loving. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. When the loved ones pass over, they have a different perspective. 
So their messages often are about letting go of guilt and remorse because they are able to see from a more compassionate place, from love and non-judgment. So there's quite a bit of healing that happens just in the sharing that Christy said with I saw her husband giving her a bouquet of flowers that they're able to step out of what was personality on the planet where soul is just being fully expressed as soul and having the perspective of Mm -hmm. that had meaning for Christy, the bouquet of flowers, and so now I'm doing it. So, yes, there's different type of communication in a reading, obviously, than most people expect. Hmm. It always seems to be a welcome message. Right. Usually laughter, outbursts of laughter, because the snapshot of someone, for instance, a husband, I said, oh, I see him storming in the door, and and there's death flying all around him, and... (laughs) He's running in the door. And then a burst of laughter. Oh, yes, he was—he loved to jog. He jogged every day. And so that is true, you know, that the, the snapshots give an immediate sense of generally they're doing fabulous. Speaking to my own personal loss of more recently was my mother. And I do things, you know, I have her slippers on as we're speaking now. They give me comfort. And mm-hmm. feel sometimes I'm, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm, I feel I'm walking in her shoes, literally. And I welcome that. And then I have some communication with Cup of Tea and some communication with her. And as I make the joke, a lot of times if I'm home alone, I'm not alone. <laughs> there, <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's many spirits in my home that I welcome. And... Yeah. I'm having great conversations with. So their presence comes in sometimes as a valence, a, a hologram, or a elect, like a electric light, a static, almost static energy of light or color. And often I do see the, an actual image that was their physical form from their most current life. And I'll ask for a sign, or I'll ask, there's some something you could show me that would really make it clear that this is who we're speaking to. And I'll even smell some perfume sometimes, thinking, <laughs> oh, my goodness, that's overwhelming. Do you smell that? And the, Yes. So <laughs> she loved to wear rose. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so it's very clear. That's wonderful because I know people are often too shy to ask a psychic medium what do the impressions come in like. So this is psychic medium 101. These are the exactly. types of impressions that you receive. Now, we do have a lady on the line. Her name is Mary Lou, and she's been holding on for a while. And for our listeners, thank you, thank you, thank you for calling in. We have a studio full of people. Mary Lou, I'm going to bring you online right now to talk with Caressa. Let's hold on a second. Mary Lou. Hi. Hi. Welcome to our show. Welcome. Now, Mary Lou, do you have a question for Caressa in the area of grief and loss? Sort of. The show was about using your voice, which is really hard. I'd rather shut up and listen. 
But um, so good for you for, as Mildred said, stepping up to the plate. Okay. I don't know if this would get answered or not, but I'll try it. I have a friend in the present life that is familiar from a past life. Oh, okay. And there's a link to the other side with this person, too, in the present moment. There is a loved one of theirs around me in the sure. present. Does that make sense? And I don't understand the purpose of it. One of the things we do as souls is we come back together again. So there's soul mates, there's soul families, there's soul communities, and we're there to help and support one another. And I can sense from your languaging that your experience to you is feeling strange. Somehow there's a disconnect of you're trying to figure it out, obviously, and it feels strange to you that the layers and what I'm seeing, Mary Lou, is what I call a healing agreement. And so let me be quiet for one second while I get more information. What Spirit is wanting you to know is that you have free will and that every step along the way you can choose those that you are bringing into your life. And I have an affirmation I use all the time, only love and inspiration enter. And I'm always value my time and all of my friends and so much that only love and inspiration enter. And so I'm thinking I share that you are, this is a beginning for you to open yourself up. Whenever something like this happens, I think it's all part of it. There's something about the connection to the other person where you're trying to figure out, is this a good connection for you? What I'm seeing is ask yourself, have a nice conversation with yourself about the people that you're bringing into your life and how you're wanting to create your life and that you have free will and have an affirmation that you have free will to choose. How do you feel? Did that resonate? It makes sense, but I have reached that stage and then went around the merry-go-round a million times since then. So it hasn't quite... um... So there's some, what I would call a click of karma. I hear the click, a magnet. And the karma part is, and there's many interpretations of karma. Karma can simply be what is, and dharma is what we can create out of what is. We have the manure, and then we create a garden. So from the karma aspect of what is, you have free choice. And it takes some work sometimes to change our inner patterns to go forward and and be a different person. And you're right at the threshold. So quite frankly, to honor that, I would love to work with you more, of course, because I could see you're right at the threshold. It's very exciting. You're opening your intuitive channels and hearing your own inner voice more strongly and really releasing some of the old patterns of creating relationships. Okay. Yeah. And the merry-go-round is, yes, we are all familiar with that. (laughs) (laughs) Round and round we go. And, oh, I thought I already went through this. I already thought I healed this. Here I I am again. Before. There it is Mm -hmm. again. Yes. (laughs) So here's a great metaphor. You want both oars in the boat. (laughs) 
if you have one or you just that's what happens you go around in circles so think about having two ors and what would that be what are metaphorically what would be the two ors so what's so, the point what's the point of the lady in spirit though well, you knew each other in a past life. You said that, yes? The person in the present life I know that I knew in a past life, but I don't know what, I don't know how I would have known the one in spirit. The one in spirit you also knew in a past life, embodied okay. on planet Earth, yes. So we also have free will. You want to make sure when you're working with spirits, are they coming in from the same affirmation of are they helping you are they support are they there for your highest good we have free will to notice that if some spirit guide or someone is coming to us maybe just like in this life we've grown past them and we can we can part ways so i see that she has a message for you in relationship to the situation it's 1 30 sorry about my clock that's I think fine. it's 1.30. <laughs> it's 1.30. <1:30. laughs> that's her message. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Her message is it's 1.30. So that would be getting up. It was funny because when I heard that, I saw the image was dropping a key from her hand. And I was asking what the key was. You're ready for some big moves and changes, and some of those moves are literal. But this is the metaphorical key to open up yourself to the small miracles that are occurring around you all the time so that you're not feeling that you're closing doors of opportunity without even knowing it. So keep eyes open, ears open, and stay positive, and things are happening for you. I know you've had, it looks like, some t- uh, troubled times, so things are getting better, and that's our message for you. Yes, they are. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for sharing not only your gift, but also sharing your knowledge and your wonderful way of communicating the information that you get, because that truly is an art form. I know that you're helping many people, and I wanted to acknowledge that, because you're generous, very, very generous. Now, I'd like to go back to Christine and invite you to talk a little bit about strength. Because when you lose something very important near to your heart, you often wonder, how am I going to get through the day? No, I'm going to, how am I going to get through the hour? How am I going to get through the minute? And Christine, I know you've written beautifully on this topic. Anything to share? Yeah, yeah, I have something to share here. Okay, okay here goes. Lately, I've found solace in my garden. Before, I hated getting my hands dirty or my nose itchy from the soil or any plants around me. I'm so glad I recently discovered the healing effects of touching the ground, of replanting succulents that don't just die on me, of patiently waiting for them to grow in their own time. I look forward to having my one-on-one conversation with my plants every day. It keeps me out of the house from his absence too much. Deep down, I know I feel closer to him in my garden where everything breathes and grows. And the poetry that goes with it. This morning, nobody fills up the birth bath. The blue jay and I thirsty for you. Mm. Oh, beautiful. Could you read your poem once more? Okay. This morning, 
Nobody fills up the bird bath. The blue jay and I thirsty for you. It sounds like there's a hole or something is vacant. Yes. When I when I read that, it hits me in my heart. Mm-hmm. And I'd love mm-hmm. to ask you, through your personal experience, what gives you strength? What gave you strength? What would you like to share with our listeners? Because you suffered a profound loss. For those people who, who have experienced loss, actually there's no, through my experience, um, there's no easy way to overcome loss. We normally grieve and each person mourn differently. And all we have to do is that just let grief be our companion and as, as long as we take and we just learn from it. You know, it may, it may go away, it may intensify, we never know, or it may just, a memory could just trigger. You know, when you least expect it, grief mm. would just trigger. So when it comes, let's just, uh, let's just face it and don't postpone the pain and the tears and let tears be your way of healing you. So that's what I do because sometimes I'm afraid to cry. Mm-hmm. I have other sources of strength, but sometimes I fall apart and and people who are overcoming this loss like I do, I want them to just cry. Let cry be the w- their way of re- releasing their feelings because it's it's good to cry. It's your way of recovering. And, Chris, did you have anything to add to Christine's words? That's beautifully spoken, Christine. The, the guidance to go with the waves of emotion as they come and be gentle with yourself as you are being and sharing that message with others that, just as you said, Mildred, sometimes it's just getting through the minute that can feel like hours. I remember after my mom passed, it took me three hours every day to get ready, and I couldn't figure out where the time was going. It was just to get ready for the day. It's just time time shifts, doesn't it, when, when we lose someone. And so we need to be really gentle with ourselves and to really cultivate compassion for ourselves and just allowing that time to heal and for giving space and time. And I always encourage others to go out into nature. And right now in this season, just as there's seasons on the planet, there's seasons of the soul. And it's a great time, which I'm so glad we're doing this show in November, a great time to just go out and breathe nature, take a walk, notice the beauty and the birds flying around where the birds are migrating to the south. There's a part of us that needs to migrate within our soul to something that's warm and cozy as there's a chill in the air. So being in nature, just as you were expressing, the garden gives you so much pleasure and gives you and brings you into present time as well. And that feeling of being very grateful, I guess, bringing in gratitude while we're being in nature of, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm alive, I'm actually okay, and I'm noticing the, beautiful, the beauty around me, especially right now with those beautiful colors of red and gold and leaves falling and things transitioning and going into winter, and the soil smells so good and the crunch under our feet. It's a great time to go out for a walk. 
So, Carissa, would you be interested in chatting with someone else, another one of our people in the studio? Certainly, certainly. Hello. Hello. Uh, my name is Steve. I've had this discussion with oh, somebody at work recently where whenever someone it passes away, she's always, oh, it's so terrible, it's so sad, and I keep telling her that, you know, I believe we live on, and I did have an experience where I saw people that had passed on in my family, and they were just as alive as they were before, just in a different place. And I try to get this concept to her, but for some reason, although she does believe in hereafter, she still feels sad and, and feels we should cry and mourn. And, and I guess to a certain extent you have to go through a process, but ultimately I don't think it's a sad thing. So that's, you know. Would you like to speak with Caressa? Yeah. Okay. Caressa, let me introduce Steve to you. Hi, Steve. First thing I want to say is that you're you're showing up as a great friend, and it, the hardest thing sometimes is we want to help someone, and it's so difficult to feel that we can't. That it's a difficult to, place to be as a friend. So I just wanted to support you in that, and that it's wonderful that you have that experience of seeing that your own family members have moved on and they are. And I think there's a little question even in you. Are you missing out on, on the grief process? And I just want to say that everyone has a different process. And that the layers of the emotions, the rivers run deeper in some people because they haven't resolved some of their issues maybe. There's a lot of different reasons, but maybe they... Simply that is the way she is releasing her loss is through the tears. And that loss can trigger, this is what I'm being guided to say, loss can trigger other losses in our life. I was talking about the little crosses, the two crosses in the one man's heart, that our roadmap as we go down our life journey is that we can when somebody dies that we love, brings up so many other losses sometimes. And perhaps she hasn't mourned for a very long time. And this is with the floodgates of some transition and transformation for her is what I see. She happens to be a type of person where she knows a lot of older people. So every few months it seems like she's going to a funeral. So it's, it's a common occurrence for her. Right. And she gets close. Yeah, yeah. She works well with them, and she gets very close and brings them so much love and so much, so much ha- happiness as she's working with them. And so she's a trooper because she's right. oh, her heart, heart is so open, and then yeah. she knows they're going to die soon probably, and that's not an easy path. So bless her. Yes. That's wonderful. Yes. Did you have a question for yourself? Not really. It's okay. just that it's like on Facebook you see so many times where people say, Oh, this person passed well they they'll use the term died. And I always wanna I always wanna say but I don't do it because it would seem too unfeeling and cold to say they passed away, they didn't die. But I just this it's like it's the mentality in the society. We think of it in such a negative way, the passing over, making this transition. We're not meant to be here forever on this planet. It's just a school, right? Right, right, and we can come back on this planet or maybe go somewhere else. And 
that's interesting for you. I see you actually have a gift to be able to see what you're seeing and to be able to thank you so much for sharing that with us. Those cultures in which they thank their ancestors prior to a meal and is one of the rituals that I don't see here. We do have a different way of relating to death. And everybody's right. different. Of course, individuals are different. And so I, I see you being more courageous and bringing the light to others and finding ways to communicate your truth. And that is what's up for you, communicating okay. your truth and and softening around the edges. That if you you know, <laughs> okay. I know. I know. Yeah, I soften around the edges. Expect that, you know, how do you think of someone when you're talking with them? You want to communicate in a way you're holding them in your mind as uh, being open. And Because if we come from a background of we were the ones that weren't listened to, or Mildred brought this question up that wasn't addressed a while back about, or, you know, if we talk about these experiences that we're having of, of a sense of a presence, or we saw a ghost, or is the spirit guide I keep seeing real, those kinds of questions, then we think we can't talk about it or we'll be people think we're crazy. So there's that part of growth in you of softening the edges, communicating your truth, and then you're going to be bringing in new people into your life as well that are like-minded. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yes. Thank you for calling. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Great You're job. welcome. Wonderful show. <laughs> Now, Caressa and Christine, what we're going to do right now is give you guys a little break. We're going to play a little bit of information from Firefly Willows Live. Then we'll invite you back, and I'd love to start the next segment with a beautiful narrative and poem from Christine. How does that sound? Great. That sounds good. (laughs) Okay. Catch you in a few minutes. As promised, we're always thinking of ways to bring you a fresh new perspective. Check out this lineup of our newest shows. The Amethyst Oracle, Divination with a Queer Twist, featuring Firefly Willow's L-I-V-E favorite, Heisey Lutmers, and his co-host, Charlie Harrington, on the second Tuesday evening each month. A Shamanic Life, hosted by John Carousella, on the first and third Tuesday evenings each month. What's Your Prescription for Balance, with Dr. Glenna Calder, the first Thursday afternoon each month. And Evolve with Robin White Turtle Lisney, the third Thursday afternoon each month. Introducing our newest show, the second and fourth Saturday mornings each month, From Beyond, with mother-daughter psychic mediums, Nadia Shapiro and Dr. Barbara Williams. We're excited. Give us a listen as we continue to create new and entertaining ways for you to shine your inner light. Join us at Firefly Willows L-I-V-E. And we're back. We're here with psychic medium Caressa DeRosa. And also we're here with poet Christine Villa. So let's start this segment with a little narrative. Let me read something to do with where I get my source of strength. One of them is keeping his memories. That was one of the things that helped me get through this. Uh, Let me read this. I like to hold on to my late husband's personal things. His bedroom is almost like the same way it used to be. I feel that he's still around, 
but at the same time, I realize he's gone forever. Once in a while, I sniff the cologne that he loves to wear, or I open his drawers in the bathroom to get a waft of familiar scent. And then I remember some moments like it was just yesterday. And the tanka poem that goes with it. Winter moonlight on his old guitar. Once again, I hear him sing our favorite song. And once again, would you be kind enough to read your verse once more? Okay. Winter moonlight on his old guitar. Once again, I hear him sing our favorite song. Beautiful. And when you read that, Christine, how does that make you feel? I feel that it's like therapy for me. Writing is therapy for me. It helps me release the pain. And then when I'm writing too, that's when I learn from my grieving. And what I want others to feel is that, that they can find strength from their lessons, from this one that I just read, that you can also find strength from the memories that his, uh, your loved ones have left behind. You can find comfort from it. And Carissa, do you have anything to add from your perspective about finding that strength and comfort? The thing that came to mind was how everybody does process grief differently. And for instance, somebody might leave the message machine, the voice of the the one who has passed on the message machine for years. And that's okay. What it brought to mind was, again, the patience and being kind to yourself. And if you want to leave the room exactly the same, there's no laws around how one should or shouldn't process. It's a very personal journey. It is so important because I've experienced it myself with voices come at you of, and they, <laughs> of you should get rid of the clothes immediately. And I'm thinking, that's not a priority and I don't want to. I still want to smell the scent. And that's personal. It gives me comfort until I'm ready to really let go. So the to-do list of, oh, we're supposed to do all these things, I've heard them out there. And I just want the listeners to know, listen to yourself. Listen to your own heartbeat. Trust yourself. Trust your instincts. And if I can be of any help, I I do feel very honored to be a go-to person to help as a bridge to the other side to bring in the communication. All means, please get a hold of me. However, just trust yourself and be gentle as you go along your healing path. Christine, do you have another narrative and poem on strength? On strength? Okay, let me (laughs) let me just read it. Okay. I remember being worried about who's going to be with me on the day that my husband would pass away. I wasted so much energy and time worrying about it. It kept me awake till the wee hours of the morning. Just a few hours when the dreaded time finally came, my friend Joy volunteered to stay with me in my home for several days. My answered prayer came at the right time. Now I live all alone with no family or relatives living close by. When people start getting worried how I'm going to survive, I just shrug my shoulder. And my poetry goes, Catching the last light of the day, I sink into nothingness and surrender. My source of strength is, 
I just surrender to God, keep my faith that everything will be all right. Rather than worrying and being afraid or getting anxious, what I learned from my experience is to just totally surrender to how life unfolds. Just trust in good things to come, that I can still have a rich and fulfilling life, that I have so much in store ahead of me. So that's where I get my strength. Thank you. Thank you very much. Krista, could you share some of your contact information? It occurred to me that listeners are hearing what you have to say, they're liking what you have to say, they're getting comfort from what you have to share. How could they get a hold of you? Thank you, Mildred. My website is Empress Reading, so it's E-M-P-R-E-S-S Readings, R-E-A-D-I-N-G-S, dot com, empressreadings.com. And my contact information is there. So I hope to hear from you, those that have more questions. Press the good news. Every show that we do on Blog Talk Radio is kept there virtually forever. So if people want to listen again or if they want to take the link and send it to a friend who's in the process of grieving or loss, they just send that Blog Talk Radio link that they're listening to now or they access this show through now, and that's pretty well it, 24 by 7. They can reach Caressa. (laughs) Thank you. And, you know, as I always say, go within or go without. Go with it or go with that. Now, listen, Chris, are you up to taking another call? I'm fine, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, once again, as shared, we're trying to get to as many people as we can. Hello there. Hi, ladies. My name is Taria. I am an empath, and I'm very, very connected to my boyfriend, who is overseas in a very dangerous country. Um, He's on assignment, and we've been keeping in touch, but I have not heard from him in over a month, and I have been uh, Mm. frantic. I can't connect to him. I can't feel him. I don't know if he's okay. And we have a lot of uh, great plans for the future, so I'm just, uh, I'm not doing well. I'm so sorry. Oh, that's the... The pain of feeling disconnected and not and the unknowing. So uh, say his name if you if you can, or just the first name's fine. Um, his name is Chad. Okay. I see that he wants to communicate with you, and he mm-hmm. can't. Mm-hmm. So hang in there. That's the message. Okay. And I will through my prayers doing my magic over here as well to try to see if these lines of communication can be cleared so that you can hear from him. Absolutely. Bless him for his work and you for being a rock to him. Taking deep breaths and um, how to, you know, because you were saying you were frantic, addressing the anxiety in the meantime is allowing yourself to be journaling is what I, you're showing me is very helpful mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. So get those thoughts and feelings and worries out on the paper okay. and then put it aside okay. and treat yourself. Do little, do little things like cook your favorite meal, 
go to a cafe, get out with people so that you can leave it on the back burner. Because as we know, we do it, we're human beings, we obsess. However, Mm -hmm. in the long run, when you're finally in communication with them, (laughs) you you don't want to be worn out either. So, you you know, you need to take care of yourself, of course. Right. You know that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm showing you the image of making a pie now. It's interesting. I'm not sure what this is, but you're rolling out the dough. And, (laughs) yeah, I know. The metaphors that come. So you're rolling out the, it's not pizza, it's it's a pie. And it's like, there's the shell. That's uh, how, what's coming from this is, there's the shell, what's the filling? And you were saying you have many things in the future to share together. Mm-hmm. So your attention is continue loving, ten, bringing in tender, loving care to the container, the shell, mm-hmm. the place that you're the container. So you can bring in love and light and stay connected to your higher source through this mm-hmm. period of time that's very difficult. Yeah. Because the fruit's going to be there. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. It's interesting because you mentioned regret earlier, and I tried never to live in regret. And his friend, his best friend, begged him not to take this assignment, and I supported him because I don't believe in telling a person who pursues their passions not to do it. So sometimes I feel a little bit of regret for telling him it's okay, go and do what you have to do, because he's, he's been shot several times. And I always have dreams about him being shot. And when I do, I'll get a letter from him saying, oh, I have a flesh wound, but I'm okay. This is his passion and his path. So Mm -hmm. be assured that you are, just as I was seeing, you're the rock. Now you're creating the container for the relationship to be there, even Mm -hmm. in his absence. And you can feel great about yourself to support him in, on his path, that takes so much strength and courage mm-hmm. to do that. And my guess is he would have perhaps done it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you could have held him back. So, right. so he is so grateful to you knowing he has your support and love. Okay. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but I am getting out. I have friends reaching out and come and do this and that with us. And I haven't been able to in a lot of months, but I'm starting to get out now. So Good. Especially okay. through the holiday season. So yes. take a yes. deep breath and always remind yourself renewing breath. And how are you feeling? Um, what, actually, was it helpful? Yeah, I feel like crying right now, like a, a release kind of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel good. Just from you saying that he's he's okay, it, that made me feel better. Well, please stay in contact with me. I will. I will. Thank you. But thank you for everything. And can You're I welcome. ask one question? It's mm-hmm. it's Mildred. Can I ask one question? Hi, sure. Mildred. Hi, what does your name mean? It's so pretty. Um, thank you. I have no idea. My aunt, who was um, she was a fashion designer, gave me my name, and she used to always name her her creations. <laughs> 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 how, do you, how do you spell it? 
T E R I A. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, my. Thank well, you. thank you once again for coming onto the show and waiting in the studio for a chance to speak with Caressa. And I'm so happy you guys connected. And yes. I really admire your courage and your strength and being a rock. Accolades to you and enjoy the rest of the show. Thank you. Now, I'd like to go over to Christine. And, Christine, do you have mm-hmm. maybe one more narrative or poem to share with our listeners before we sign off? Yeah. I think I touched that topic about that every person has his or her own way of grieving. So this is what I'm trying to do. I just allow myself to grieve on my own way because nobody can really tell us how to grieve. So this is my narrative. Every day is a chore. The most difficult time of the day is when I drag myself out of bed in the morning. I hate waking up to a pile of dishes in the sink, dirty clothes scattered on the bedroom floor, books and magazines I haven't read stacked on different parts of the house, phone messages of friends who are worried about where I am. There's one consistent thing I do, though. Brunch is composed of tea and honey, toast and soft-boiled eggs. I eat in front of the computer to see what's new with my Facebook friends. The chat room is the first thing I click, and I leave it on the whole day just to make me feel I have company. Most of the time, I don't feel like talking, but I want to know somebody is out there. Then I'm lost in a shuffle of my to-do list. It goes on and on and on. Each item on the list seems never to get fully accomplished at all because I skip from one huge project to the next. And the Tonka poem that goes with it. Autumn leaves, I rake memories from old photographs. Every single bit of him, I piece together. Christine, if someone wanted to get a hold of you or learn more about your book, what would you recommend? Actually, I have a blog. They can check Mm -hmm. my blog. They can be updated on what's going on and Lately, I haven't been really working on it, but I'm striving on it to go back to writing daily. So they can go to Blossom Rain, that's one word, blossomrain.blogspot.com. My book is a work in progress. I'm working on it. So hopefully next year I'd, I'd be more than halfway through and I can research on who's going to publish it for me. <laughs> when you're ready, Christine, when you're moving yeah. along with your book, we would love for you to come back and share more. I know your narratives and the poetry that goes with the narrative is so profound and powerful. I'd like to be back. And is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners before we sign off? A song, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on that. You're you're reading me. Um, <laughs> you're so cute. With all of this communication, I can hardly wait to begin my day. I had one fun story I wanted to share, and I think it will bring us to ending in some laughter, hopefully, that there was one woman, and I could see that before she was older and before she would pass, she did have her bucket list, and one image was that she would be flanked with a room full of handsome men. And so on her 90th birthday, there were so many candles on the cake that it set off the sprinkler system. And guess what? Her 90th birthday pictures 
streets are with her flanked with many handsome firemen. <laughs> so it's that feeling so of enthusiasm, and we can go out, go forward, and greet people and know that when we're open and our hearts are open and we live from the principle of being kind, that so many magical and miraculous moments can happen and that we're actually we're never alone. After listening to both of you and listening to our callers who shared their stories so generously, but that's my big takeaway. When you're going through grief and you're going through loss, you very often feel alone because you have such a big gap open for that person. But really, if you reach out, there's so many connections, heart connections that are available to you in the physical world and in the spiritual world. So... Clarissa, of course you're coming back. You're not getting out of this. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just so shy. <laughs> yes, you are. You're terribly shy. I, I you love, I, yeah, I just, this is so much fun. Thank you. I really Thank appreciate you. all of the uh, the uh, listeners and the call-ins. And, you know, when I do a reading, those people are heroes to me. Yes. So seeing all the courage and strength and, and people asking for help. That's the first step. Yes. Make yourself strong. Use your voice. If you're something that you need, ask for it. All right, then, ladies. Thank you very, very much. I want to thank our listeners. And also, if you want to re-listen to this program, it's available 24 by 7 on Blog Talk Radio, same link as you accessed it. You can also download the show on iTunes and listen to it at a later time, or you can also share a link to the show with someone who is going through the grieving or the loss process and maybe it will help and maybe this will be a beautiful gift you can offer so thank you very much have a wonderful day and hopefully you'll tune in again for next healing conversations bye carissa bye christine thank you so much have a wonderful sunday bye yeah have a wonderful sunday thank you thank you for joining us this program was brought to you by firefly willows live we hope you enjoyed the show This is Deb Caracella. Please join us next time on Firefly Willows L-I-V-E for A Shamanic Life with John Caracella, Tuesday evening at 8 p.m. A rock and a stream We live in a painting The island is shaped by what the wind
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.